From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. The Human Voices. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And Bob? I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna loud, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, uh, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, boy. Cause he gon' teach a this is Dr. Ville with Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington's ghost. We're not sure what is going on or who's going on. He claims he's on assignment. MIA. That's what I'm going to call him. I know that wasn't his line name, but uh, <laughs> it seems appropriate now. Listen, that's his new that line being name. said, huh? the show must go on. And we have none other than Professor Bishop. And I heard that he said his brother was not heavy, so he's always found a way. Always. He picks up the other hand with that. I'm going to say, how you doing, Professor Bishop? Doing well, Doc. You're doing well. We're going to uh, watch and see the impact of Hurricane Ian uh, in terms of a uh, very fluid situation, in terms of its impact, especially within uh, our region of uh, HBCU football this weekend. So uh, we'll see you know, uh, what the impact might be. All right. Yeah. And we can go in a little more news and take a deeper dive because I understand there's some cancellations of at least one game, which is a huge game because it's homecoming. I'll let you talk a little deeper about that. But let me get into it. Welcome to episode 311 of Inside HBC Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports from institutions large and small. From the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on HBCU sports culture. HBCU Athletic Aesthetics, to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. Simply, a lot of times we like to call it just the HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Yadakaville, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live. The case of Waste 1230 AM Studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer, that is Ralph Cooper, in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Got a big matchup in Houston this weekend. Huge. Texas Southern's going to take that next step. Or will Alabama say kick that dirt off of us a little too early? We'll get into some more matchups in the second half of the show. We'll get a special appearance from none other than A.D. Drew, more than likely, to make sure that we – Get in the deeper dive on the mid-majors as we like to do. With that being said, 
Today's episode of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency, LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. As Mike would like to say, we take the deeper dive into data numbers. We want to know what's going on. With that being said, let me do some shout outs, if you would. Lab listeners for those lab rats, as G. Boom Holly likes to say, I just call them lab listeners as they come in here for the weekly lectures to make sure that they're going to do what's necessary to get a great grade out of this course. Unlike some of these coaches, uh, you know, there might be a diversion of the grading scale in terms of what took place on the first test. Students are here doing well, but we'll talk about that later as we get closer to midterm on that second test, give you another couple of games to round out homework assignments to make we sure that we grade you well enough. But with that being said, we have Noel Price. Emma Price uh, is in the building. Mary Alice says, hello, everyone from Miami. Hope all is well down there in Florida. Obviously, I know it, Miami got a break this time compared to some other places, but good to hear from you, Mary. Theron Waters, Orlando, Florida, checking in. Be safe down there, Theron. We appreciate you. Call more, sub-lab rats. <laughs> I hear you. Y'all keep the state of Florida in your thoughts, dealing with Hurricane Ian, which is going up to other states. Yes, Looks like it's going to water and coming back into the state of South North Carolina. So we certainly uh, appreciate Chuck Hunt making sure that everybody knows that we have their uh, thoughts, minds, and prayers. As I told you about Noelle Price, she said, check it into the lab. Good evening, Dean and professors. Appreciate you. Emma Price, hello from Daytona Beach. Who's that in Daytona Beach? Are you representing the Wildcats? Or do you just reside there? Emma Price, appreciate you checking us out. Noel Price prayers up for Florida, no doubt. Thomas Einstein Maddox says, good evening. That's the Ron Wallace's hashtag Wildcats. I like it, but don't cook me. It's showing up and showing out. I guess that's what happens when you get that big first victory in the conference uh, this year, early on, against Grambling without a G. Lonnie Shaw, in the words of Big Tex, howdy. Yeah, so somebody's talking about the state fair, I believe. Mm. In Dallas, that mm. is the big side of the game. Grambling in Prairie View, brother Wendell Davis shouting out Bama in the lab. That's a PB Bama and brother Alpha over there representing in Tuscaloosa. Thomas Einstein Maddox says JSU is the number one band and should be in poll today. We'll see. Is that a great? Is that a push or notch? We'll see. What that <laughs> means. Stick around with us. Uh, I understand. South Carolina. South Carolina State about to kick off on the SEC. Yes, Noel Price, keep us up on that. Let us know how that's going. Regional, Reg, Regina, excuse me, Regina. Let me say it again. Regina Johnson, shout out. Ricky Burton, all roads lead to Dallas. State Fair Classic time. Yes, it will be good at the fair. Make sure y'all get a turkey leg for your boy. Mm-hmm. Kate Johnson, great evening, Sports Lab Fanatics. Time for the class. Yes, it is. Uh, who else we got in here? Regina Johnson says, good evening. Evening, Lady Bray is checking in. Oh, all four states representing Lady Bray. Boy, they were still running all over the places. Is what I was told last time. I looked around. E.C. Nobles. Is that Brother Nobles out there uh, getting it done in here? Uh, checking us out in so many different ways. Shout out to E.C. Nobles. Um What's up, Doc? Yeah, I'm here. I see you. LaShawn Harris. 
Emma says, hell, Wildcats. I guess that is uh, HBCU love for BCU in the house. Good job with that. Let me turn it back over to you, Charles, as we had those early representatives. I like those folks that show up on time, man. I had to give them some love today. You know, sometimes we have to get into that news, but sometimes I make sure students understand that I appreciate those that get it done in the classroom. Charles, what you got to add to the picture today in terms of HBCU news? Yeah, well, let's touch on it, uh, Doc. Uh, you mentioned the path of Hurricane Ian uh, as it uh, came across Florida now. Uh, looks like it's going up the East Coast, uh, going through uh, what looks to be South Carolina, North Carolina. But uh, some uh, announcements, uh, and this is coming from, from the SIAC due to the impending weather related to Hurricane Ian, the SIAC has announced some changes to the ESPN football schedule for week five. The Miles at Albany State football game scheduled for 2 p.m. Central. Uh, has been changed. This week's matchup will instead feature Benedict College at Fort Valley, uh, which is scheduled for Saturday at two. So it looks like uh, that Miles uh, v. Albany State game has been flexed out to Benedict uh, at Fort Valley. Also, Winston-Salem State looks like they have canceled uh, their game this weekend, canceled their homecoming activity. So that's uh, pretty huge. So we'll continue to monitor uh, and see what happens with regards to the path of this storm and uh, how it affects the games here in week five. Man, great point when you talk about how it's going to affect things. Um, interesting when you talk about Winston-Salem State having to cancel homecoming. And when you think about that, Charles, that's two homecomings yeah. uh, in three or four years when you talk about that 2020 season not to take place. Well, Winston-Salem State, obviously, uh, that was tough. So, Man, it's been a tough round for Winston-Salem State. I'm curious in terms of would they have the ability to reschedule that. Obviously, not sharing any insight uh, one way or the other, but just your experience now working around athletics, studying athletics. What do you think would be the pluses and or challenges for rescheduling a homecoming uh, in this framework, if you would? Well, obviously, all those alumni that have uh... – made those plans to come into a uh, homecoming that have booked uh, lodging and things of that nature, uh, it becomes a huge uh, change in their scheduling and trying to uh, look at trying to come back on another weekend. Just uh, some of our alumni just don't have that ability to, to reschedule uh, in that manner. But, uh, you know, I, I've seen it up close uh, when Bramlin didn't travel to Jackson State, that particular uh, uh, homecoming. Yeah. And, and it became actually – uh, I don't want to say a blessing in disguise because obviously that was revenue loss, but from an alumni standpoint, that might have been one of the loudest homecomings I've ever been in <laughs> because we we literally day party through the weekend from, <laughs> from 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 Friday to Saturday, even Sunday brunch, you know. So, uh, you know, some type way, uh, a, a lot of our HBC alumni, we have the ability to overdap. Uh, I'm sorry, to adapt and overcome. So uh, I'm sure Winston-Salem is probably looking at, you know, uh, try to look at another weekend where you can call that weekend homecoming and hopefully, you know, you try to, you know, in some manner make the revenue back up from what would be a, a pretty big weekend for uh, athletics. Great point. I'm glad you shared it in that perspective when you add it all up. And I agree wholeheartedly. That is Brother E.C. Noble from Texas Southern University is in the house. Shout out. Man, he was down there Labor that weekend, encumbered a spot on the yard with the RV. After the game, well, they were out there early. Don't let me get it straight. They were out there early with the DJ, many folks. You know, many 
folks said, hey, man, it didn't go our way. He got out there. Man, he sat on, sat over there, took all the medicine that smoked that folks wanted to do because he had a cigar, so he was good. <laughs> drink. And he shared it, man. E.C. Noble, that's a good brother. Let me just make sure that people recognize that. And Grease Scott, K. Johnson. K. Johnson is in the house talking about the sonic boom of the South. And she put the little boom dynamite in there. I see you, K. Ronnie Shaw says, waving at folks. Man, these folks in here getting it done, having a good time. You know, let's sneak this in here while we got a little time on Right? It's hard because people are so into football. And we're not going to take long with this. But in terms of some news, there is some basketball news out there. CIAA announced 2023 men's, women's basketball preseason all-conference teams. Predicted order of finish. So that was pretty cool. Backcourt for the women, you have – Shania Jones, John C. Smith, Amaya Tucker, Nye Langley, and that's Winston-Salem State and Virginia Union, respectively, and Dresa Alexander Livingston, Tania Johnson, Virginia Union, uh, in terms of that. And on the women's, I'm going to give you some of the top uh, half of the conference, Lincoln, Pennsylvania, Elizabeth City State, Johnson C. Smith, all came in with 7-3 and 2 votes, respectively, 4-5 and 6 are Bowie State, Fayetteville State, and Winston-Salem State in terms of that uh, when you look at it. Backcourt in the men, Chris Worthy, Francis Fitzgerald, Talit Tate, that's Fayetteville State, Virginia State, and Virginia Union. Then you have a pair coming in from Winston-Salem State, Isaac, Isaac Parson, I should say, and Jonathan Hicklin. When you talk about those top seeded teams, you have Fayetteville State picked to finish first with six first place votes and number two, Virginia Union at three first place vote. And number three, Winston Salem State, two people on first team, but they only got one first place vote picked to finish third. Virginia State selected four, no first place votes, but you sneak in with Bowie State at number five. They do have one first place vote. Somebody thinks very highly of Bowie State at number six, Lincoln, Pennsylvania. That gives you some update there when you talk about that. Also, you had the SWAC men's and women's did their media pressers Tuesday and Wednesday give you an update on that. Selected order finished uh, in terms of that. But uh, great interviews, a couple of new coaches in there. I uh, had a chance to get on there. I saw you doing your thing. Man, it's going to be fascinating. There's some teams that are excited about what they bring to the table. Bethune Cookman. Uh, they look like they want to get in part of this business. Obviously, FAMU says they're solid. I talked about them taking that trip to Texas for the first time as Texas and Prairie View took that trip out there. So I'm fascinated with this unbalanced schedule that I always mm-hmm. tell y'all about when y'all selecting these teams, football or basketball. Make sure you think about the unbalanced schedule. Some folks are, are going to have that where it benefits them, and sometimes it may not benefit them in regards to what that looks like, but it's just part of the expanded league. We see that. SEC, Pac-12, if you would, Big Ten, uh, with these larger leagues, ACC, where you have these unbalanced schedules, which is just fascinating in so many different ways. So I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that before we go to this first break. Yeah, well, I, I'm pretty excited, uh, especially looking at, at the SWAC schedule. Uh, and, you know, I, I mentioned this to Coach Don Thornton, UAPB's coach, uh, in terms of UAPB, the way – they matched up with eventual SWAG champion uh, Jackson State. So it'll be very interesting to see if they are that team that can kind of 
overcome that hump because uh, they were 99, I believe, in, in swag play last year, uh, had some injuries along the way, but they really started pulling things together down the stretch. And uh, that was one of the more exciting games that I remember from the swag tournament, UAPB uh, going up against Jackson State and Zay Green. Uh, she comes back. She is probably one of the more electric players uh, in the conference. Uh, pair her with another uh, a big that uh, that UAPB is bringing in. So it's going to be a very exciting season. And again, we talked about it a little bit last year. I think there will be a little more parity in the league. We'll see who can yeah. kind of bring Jackson State down a peg. So it'll be a very, very interesting season. Oh, I think it's fascinating how you just broke that down. And Arkansas Pine Bluff is one of my teams to look at. I mean, they yeah. got it done in non-conference schedule, uh, played Jackson State probably the toughest like the previous year that you saw with Alabama State that took it down there. Um, and they just didn't see have enough pieces. But they got a lot of transfers. They got some depth. They got people coming back. They got maturity. The other team, quietly, uh, that we're used to is Prairie View over there. Ah, there uh, it is. The lead that they yeah. the puzzle. Uh, yeah. You know, confident coach when you talk about what's going on there. I'm fascinated to see what Prairie View can get done in regards to what's taking place. Obviously, Alabama State, I think, will be right back in the mix. They, they were close uh, in terms of what goes on there. But good point. Let me ask yourself, what are your thoughts on the men's side in terms of what that looks like? Well, and, and the men's side, I think, is a, a even more wide open. We saw Alcorn literally uh-huh. come out of nowhere uh, last season uh, to, to really be right there in the mix. Uh, so I, you talk about parity on the women's side. It's real parity on the men's side to see, uh, you know, when you have – when you look at the league and you bring in so many new transfers, one thing that I kept record of, everybody talked about, I brought in eight new players, you know, I brought in nine new players. It's like, wow, you know, that, that it takes a while to adapt to that culture. And a lot of times we just don't see the pieces fit until you get somewhere uh, mid to late January going into February where the team starts gelling and you really uh, get a real fix on what these teams are. Yeah. It's a lot of coaches that are chomping up the bits that feel that they've added the Recipe in the right pieces. Folks, new coaches, Alabama A&M, Alabama State, you know, Alabama State's coach uh, came over from South Carolina State rebuilding that program. Folks that follow the MEAC understand what he did there in yeah. terms of getting South Carolina State back in the mix. So um, looking at there, then you have Mo Williams that goes over to Jackson State, similar to what you saw in football with Prairie View's uh, previous coach. Uh, going over to Southern, you see that in basketball. So that's going to be fascinating to see what that looks like. He's at home feeling really refreshed and feeling in that place, understands what their expectations are. Um, he brings a big-time player with him, but he's went to work in the recruiting. You got Alabama a and coach over there that has a lot of experience and feels comfortable, and he got some key pieces back. And you can tell he, like, um, uh, uh, the new coach at Texas Southern with that zen master framework what he works on you go talk about a team that's going to be mentally tough and for those bulldog fans out there at alabama ain't he's gonna get them excited because he's talking about playing up tempo he's talking about saying he's gonna push it he's gonna play some defense and so they have obviously which coach petaway uh he's from that framework and he likes that attitude and that's what he wants to do so that's fascinating to me then you got prayer view that believes that they've rebuilt and put the pieces together has some players back Players that were out of position, didn't have the depth. He's going to be interested in what he goes on. I'm fascinated with that. And then you got the big bully on the block, Texas Southern University. Now, yeah. Be careful over this Southern that had, much like Pine Bluff, Dawn, on the women's side, 
preseason. He got it done Southern preseason and just fell apart. Well, he thinks he's added depth. Um, and that's just a keep of the peeps. I told you about Bethune, Cookman, Grammars out there with their chest out. Who I think can knock off? said it's deep. What you think? Who, who can knock off the standard? Because every year, once we get to the SWAC tournament, it's the Texas Southern Tigers. That's why I keep saying who can knock off the standard once we get to uh, tournament time. But I, I tell you what, uh, they do a tremendous job over there at, at Texas Southern in terms of getting that uh, a basketball team ready to crowd is behind them, but it'll be fun. Uh, Texas Southern, when you have to take the Texas two-step with Texas Southern Prairie View, uh, who can fight through that and, and make their way uh, up into the upper echelon of the SWAC standings? Well, let's get in here. We gave you a little extended time because we want to sneeze in a little basketball. I hope you got excited about that. I know you're in football season, and in some of those teams, most teams are still in the hunt. You're talking to me, like they ain't got the conference play yet. Let's take our first break. This is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Lab. With Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, we'll be right back on the other side, and we're going to get into the marching sport and give you an update on that. Stick with us. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, KeversVoice.com. Always on, all the time. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Them belly full, but we hungry. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. So listen to Professor Yesa yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. We'll see if we can get uh, A.D. Drew, the clinical professor. We'll see if we get him at the half hour, get into some of those matchups. With that being said, Charles, you know what time it is. It is the marching sport. Yeah, Let's go! And you know the rules of engagement. The rules of engagement, we put smart sport on there. Everybody told me the bands, what they do is a sport. They choose to call it marching sport. I actually like it. 
But everything I know about a sports, in most cases, there's a winner and a loser, or at least a draw. In this case, that means there has to be competition, mm. one versus another. So if your band is not traveling, that's not my fault that you're not mentioning the poll. That means you need to go back to your people and tell them, <laughs> Dr. Gaville says we can't be in his poll unless we have a competition. So that means you need to visit another team so that team can return the visit, or you need to make sure that you have a team coming in and you return that visit so there's a competition. With competition, there is a win and a loss. Winner and a loser. With that case, let's get into the Margin Sport Top 10 in week number four. Let's see what's going on in the house when we talk about these top teams getting it done. At number 10 that was not ranked last week, we have North Carolina A&T, Blue and Gold, Marching Machine, one and one on the season. Uh, they have great competition, and they are doing well. They're one and one in terms of what they got done. Beat up on South Carolina State, ran all over them on the field, and then they decide to blow them out of the box as well on the field. What mm. is that to be said in terms of that type of matchup? Running and gunning. Blazing the horns and drumming the drums. North Carolina A&T, the blue and gold marching machine gets it done. They did an ode to the women in terms of the cheerleaders, so they had a little spice in that. I like that. At number nine, Tennessee State Aristocrats. They were off last week, but because of some other teams not performing with Kentucky State, mighty marching thoroughbreds dropping out of the top ten, Aristocrats. Of the bands, they move up. This week, they got Lane, so they got a chance to show out. In the following week, they got Bethune-Cookman, but it's my understanding Bethune-Cookman will not hit the road. That's going to hurt. That hurts. You got to make sure that you're supporting your team. And that could be a great matchup, but we'll get into that next week as we're a little ahead of schedule. Yeah. Let me go to number eight, Florida A&M, the Marching 100. Good showdown in terms of what they got done. Alabama State, that short trip, did not make it. I mean, Alabama A&M, not as short as Alabama State, but still right there. They did not make it. And this is the thing with these bands. Oh, man. Get you into this. I know y'all got this expectation. Fam, you didn't make it up this year. So instead of saying we're going to go down there next year and challenge fam you to say that you need to return the trip, they said we're going to play eye for eye. You didn't come, we didn't come. First on the road. So it ended up hurting both Alabama A&M has a chance to go down there. You saw Alabama State got housed. They didn't get it done. FAMU didn't participate. You got to get on the road, FAMU. Go up there. Alabama a &M, get on the road. At number seven, North Carolina Central, the sound machine marching band is in at number six. They fall a spot. They're 2-0. They were off last week, basically. Yeah, I know they played a football game. Uh, but, you know, Virginia Lynchburg, that's a whole different conversation. They got it done in that matchup, but it wasn't to be noted because the bands didn't part. Now, have a contest at number six, Alcorn State. The sounds of dynamite. One and one on the season. Arkansas Pine Bluff, man, the battle there. They get it done. They move up two spots, not only on the field, but in terms of the halftime show as well. Much shout out to what's going on there. Let's get into the top five. 
Not a lot of changes here in terms of what's going on. But if you don't get these performances this week, I promise you next week because there's some matchups, things will change. But let's just see what's going on here. At number five, we have Prairie View A&M, the Marching Storm 2-0. They take off against the world thing this weekend, the State Fair Classic. She'll be interested. Yes, yes. Let me talk about this. Prayer, if you get on the bus, you could have went to Alabama State and they'll come back for you. I know they didn't come last year, but we need matchups. Tell your people. It's going to be hard to stay in the top five if you don't have contests. Yeah. That's not on me. That's on you. Yeah. Number four, that Alabama State. That should have been a matchup, man. That should have been a matchup. We should be talking about what took place. Two of them. Hit number mm. three, Bethune, mm. Cookman. They fell last week. They stay right there. They're going to fall next week again because they're not participating in contests. It's hard. Wow. Two of them on the season. Yeah. Which only allows them to stay there for so long. Hit number two, Southern Human Jukebox, two and oh. They are at two first place votes. They stay at number two, no contest. They had an open week, so it's a little different there. So I understand that. You can't play uh, when there is not a scheduled game. That's a different one. That's not on you. And number one, Jackson State, Sonic Blue on the South, 4-0. Jackson State, Mississippi Valley, we saw the matchup, what happened on the field, and what happened at halftime as well. Jackson State improves the 4-0, 3-0, and they getting it done. Three first place votes, 87 total points. That'll do it for Marching Sport Top 10 this weekend. Charles, tell me what you think is going on in the Marching Sport. You know the game. You know the rules. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, first and foremost, let me give a shout out to the Lean Me Marching Machine in Mississippi Valley State. It was brutally hot in Jackson this weekend. They sat still. They stayed in the stands. And shout they, out. They battled. They battled. That means something. And guess what? Here's something, here's a dynamic that I love to see, Dr. Bill. Who is the band that can give me, that can be the 12th man, that can give me that mojo, especially when the momentum starts rolling in my team's direction? If your band ain't there, it kills you. Why? Come on, band. I need you to be there. But Thun Cookman, I need you to hit the road. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Alabama State makes the trip to Houston this weekend because I think that would be a, a dynamic matchup because I thought the Ocean Soul they hung tough, and if you check the blogs, a lot of people say, you know, they got the jukebox uh, up there in Dallas. So, I, you know, that's a matter of interpretation, but the Ocean Soul is back, folks. So I can't wait to watch them this weekend and what sort of show that they have. But Prairie View and Graham, great neutral site game up there in the Cotton Bowl. Who is the band that can give their team that something extra? Make my funk the P-Funk of a marching storm. I want to hit them too before. Who can give me that momentum shift? Because we all know when the band gets into it, the fans get into it. And guess what? Being on the sideline, the team gets into it. They want to make plays. You want to keep the momentum going. That's huge for me. Let's see what happens this weekend. Ooh, I couldn't have said it better myself. You starting to understand what we mean by marching sport. Right? Line brother was a uh, uh, drum major. So, really, it gave us a skinny on that so much. So, you understand it as much as I do. That was an excellent breakdown. I want to give a shout-out. Big fan zone, their site, they had a question of the day, I thought. Very interesting. They said, should it be mandated within the conference play that bands travel? A lot of people were like, ooh, I like this idea. People got in there. Some concern with travel, but a lot of folks, certainly, they said as if it's within a driving distance. 
It should be done. I doubled down on it. I liked it. I loved the question. What about in the SWAC? In your division, at least. All oh, your division God. games, right? No, no Five reason. games. You got one in your division that's usually a neutral site type of game, which means you would literally need to make two trips in terms of your division. Four games, two trips, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. two on the road. That means the other team, as they face you, two against them. So if you do it in your division a lot of times, imagine what that would do in terms of television and conference play if it was mandated and provided some type of funds from the conference office or television money somehow if you could get it done, where Mm -hmm. in divisions there was a mandate that your band had to look at two trips they would make from divisional folds, which means at home you would get at least two of your eight conference games that you knew the band would be there. And, again, that doesn't include your neutral site game. So for Alabama A&M, Alabama State, you know that's a neutral site game at the city. Ramblin' and Prairie View, neutral site. Texas Southern and Prairie View, neutral site. So it starts to work out when it makes up. And, excuse me, Prairie View used to – and Texas used to be sites, but now they travel each other. That would be fascinating. Think about the energy. What are your thoughts on that? I love it. I love it. And then um... – I, what 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 always kind of boggles me is uh, the, I guess, narrative that it takes money for the band to travel. I get that. But if you're serious about your band being, you know, part of this entertainment value, especially on television, alums, you, you put, put some money into that band. Just like we talk about putting money into the athletics, putting money into, uh, you know, football, basketball, whatever. Put money into your band if you want to see them. I want to see these bands uh, travel. This, this is important. Well, that goes and back this- to my other thing. At Texas Southern University, shout out to Dr. Kevin Granger. Um, he took it on us. He was asked of it, and he found a way to get it done. The band, the cheerleaders, uh, the drill core, they all report in terms of athletics, and he funds them to make sure that they can make some trips. He gives them the bag apparel that the teams get so they travel in Mm. style in terms of having the same uniforms, under armor, if you would. For Texas Southern University, the band gets that with the bags and things. That's how you get it done. Let's get into our second break. We'll come back. We'll get into some matchup. We'll start with the mid-major division, so stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. 
You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSM Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. We are making the virtual HBCU experience. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love yeah, and who's about, who's about. So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Lil with Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Let's get into some of our mid major matchups. And that, though, that means that we have none other than the Division II. SIC guru for sure. Uh, but that mid-major division, man, he puts in some work and he makes sure that he gives us a perspective that you can't quite get anywhere else. So we have the clinical professor, A.D. Drew. And when I say clinical, I just need y'all to understand. That means he's surgical. He specializes in understanding what's going on in the mid-major framework. That's the NCAA Division II programs, whether they are independent, SIEC for sure, as he writes uh, for D2.com in terms of those SIEC writers, all out of the CIAA, and even can bring you some information on the NAIA. With that being set up, we have a nice matchup, that top 10 program, a team that is being revitalized right under our nose. You have none other than Virginia Rogers Stadium, CIAA, Saturday, 5 o'clock, a late evening game. Shaw Bears got off the rugged map, playing well. They're one and two, one and zero, oh, but they're on the road. Number six, Virginia State Trojans, three and one, two and zero oh in conference play. This is interesting to me in terms of what's going on in this matchup. I'm going to start with you, clinical professor Drew. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Well, for this game, Virginia State definitely needs to get the victory in this game because there's a team within their same state that they are trying to keep pace with, mm. that, that being Virginia Union. Now, let, I, I want to take this to the, from the Shaw side. This, this game is interesting for Shaw. Right now, the one game up on Fayetteville State. We need to keep a, a side eye on Fayetteville State's opponent, who is Shawan. Tonight. A loss to Shawan by Fayetteville State and a victory by Shaw will put them up two games <clears throat> on the team that everyone predicted to win the CIAA. So you've got this as a CIAA game of the week, which it is. But we need to keep an eye on game 1B, which is that Fayetteville state Shawan game, because Ooh. you could see separation and a shift of power in the South with the Shaw victory and the Fayetteville state loss, as this is the last week of North versus South in the CIAA. Ooh, great points. Great points made. Let me go to you, Professor Bishop. What are your thoughts in terms of what uh, Professor Clinical Drew just put on the table? What, what, where are you going? The North will remember. Okay, I'm not ready. To, I'm not ready to cede over the CIAA to a team in in the South. Not just yet, but this is a very interesting matchup. Uh, when you talk about Virginia State's Jarius Hagens, uh, he's averaging 121 yards per game uh, going up against Sidney Gibbs. So I, I think that's going to be uh, you know one of these games that's kind of won in the trenches. But 
it's hard to go against the home team in this. I'm going to go with Virginia State to get the win and stay undefeated. And like you said, uh, AD, they got to keep pace with the, with the Virginia Union bad boys. Look like <laughs> they have replaced Bowie State as the monsters of the North, if you will. So uh, this is going to be a fun one, but I think Virginia State will get the W. Yes, great points on there. Let's go into the SIAC for the mid-major division, SIAC division game of the week. This is a top, not just 10 matchup. This is a top five matchup. Dr. Bill's poll rankings that came out on Tuesday sees this as number three, the Benedict Tigers, 4-0, 2-0. Last time they had a top 10 matchup, they got it done. Some people saw them as underdogs. They're on the road, even though they are the highest-seeded team. They're on the road at number five, Fort Valley State Wildcats, 4-0, 1-0. Oh. And this is an Eastern Division matchup. So this is significant. It's like two games in terms of whoever comes out of this game. And everybody still thinks uh, Albany State is the big dog. So you got to keep pace. Starting with you, Charles, since you left off, let me keep it with you. Tell me what you think about this top five matchup. Number three, Benedict Tigers against number five, Fort Valley State Wildcats. This is going to be Ooh, this is a good one. This is a real good one. The Benedict Tigers, the fighting tennis berries. They come into this game. They're averaging 32 points per game. They are scoring the football. And when I say scoring, 18 touchdowns, only one field goal thus far on the season. So they're finding a way to get it in the end zone. So the question is, can Fort Valley keep them out the end zone? I think Benedict goes to Fort Valley and gets a W. Oh, boy, he believes in the fighting generators, as he said. Let me go to you, our expert, resident expert in terms of this framework. I set it up for you. We don't get these top five matchups this early in the year, if at all. So I think it's a beautiful thing in terms of what's <laughs> taking place. And now my understanding of this game is on television since uh, a change in nature. So we get to watch it as well, ESPN+. Plus. Number three, Benedict Tigers at number five, Fort Valley State. Clinical Professor Drew, what do you say? Charles, I need you to look back at that stat line. You said Benedict has only one field goal this season. How many have they missed? I'll need you to look and see that for me. There's a reason they only have one. I saw 18 touchdowns. That's That's what resonated for me, 18 touchdowns. I believe they're like one for five or one for six. Uh, you better not be close this season. Hey, so when you when that, you score touchdowns, you don't need it. Yeah, but <laughs> but now you let's look at this Benedict schedule over the next three weeks. Mm. You're, you're playing a Fort Valley State. You're playing a Miles College next week. Then you're at home. Then you're trap, and that's homecoming. If I do believe, no, that's not homecoming. That's just a home game. Then you're traveling to Albany the week after that. The reason I bring up that field goal stat is these three teams over the next three weeks for Benedict are teams you cannot leave points out on the board against these three teams. Uh, When you look at the the top rushers in the SIAC, Emmanuel Wilson, number one, 135.5 yards per game. Zaire Scotland from Benedict is number two. At 78.2 yards per game. Don't let that fool you with Zaire has. Because Benedict has a three-headed monster. They call it Thunder. They call him Lightning. And they call him Flash. So they've got three to equal Fort Valley's one. Uh, game 1B on the schedule in the SIAC, though, Dr. Caville. Yeah. Miles travels to Albany 
on Saturday. That's going to be a game that I will be at. So we're going over the next three you, weeks. No, no, no. Let me set this up. Are you trying to tell us there's an upset here? Where are you no, going? no, no, no. What I am saying, Dr. Cavill, <laughs> is over the next three weeks, we will get some clarity on the east side uh, of the points. SIAC race. And one one other thing, you know, I got to bring my Tuskegee references since we're talking SIAC. Guess who, <laughs> guess who Tuskegee does not play for conference uh, schedule this year? They do, not, they do not play Albany State. They do Ooh. not play Benedict. And the Fort Ooh. Valley game did not count against the SIAC standards. Miles <laughs> plays Miles plays both Miles plays both Albany State and Benedict Ooh. on that hey, yes. hey, No wonder coach left Miles. The official schedule from the conference office because everybody's always had that. Did this game count? And some some games count for one team, and some games don't count. But Tuskegee has the easiest schedule of all the teams in the West. Man, so keep your eyes on that's Tuskegee why you versus the, the the East will be will 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 determine who's going to win. That clarity will be determined over the next three weeks in the East. Oh, good points. Great points, Great Brandon. That's why we call him the SIC mid-major guru in terms of bringing us information that you can't get anywhere else, maybe on his own show, obviously, Brian and AD. And in my article. they share with sports. Uh, in your articles on B2 in terms of when you write for the SIC. Keep it going. Great work, man. Making sure that you provide informative information on these mid-major programs, particularly out of the SIC. Wonderful job. With that, let's take our third break as we get into the fourth quarter time to bring up the four fingers we're going to come back with the major division matchups we're going to get into what's going on in the MEAC and what's going on in the SWAC some big games here we might sneak in a couple of more just to give you some updates since we didn't have clinical professor Drew on Tuesday so stick with us we'll be right back with some great information as we get into the major division we are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. 
Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love that. And who the ball? So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Gaville with Inside HBC Sports Lab. We have Charles Bishop and A.D. Drew for our final segment of the show. Let me give some love out there. I know it's real early, but uh, baseball at the major league level, you see what's going on there. Uh, people chasing home run records, at least in uh, for the Yankees there. So let's talk a little bit on the HBCU side. We got some news out there with Stillman College and Wiley College to play in HBCU Baseball Classic at Pittsburgh's PNC Park. HBCU Baseball is coming to PNC Park. NIA program Stillman College and Wiley College out of the Gold Coast Athletic Conference will meet for a fall exhibition in the inaugural Pittsburgh HBCU Classic hosted by the Pittsburgh HBCU Collaborative at the home of Pittsburgh Pirates on Monday, October the 10th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Admission is free. This is a great opportunity for these conferences, institutions. Many of y'all may not realize, but they do now have fall baseball where people prepare, getting into shape, stay in shape, if you would, and they're allowed to play a couple of games, whether it's NCAA, Division II, Division I, or NEI, and this is an example of where they're making it work to actually go play in a big-time Major League Baseball Park. So shout out to all those involved. On Sunday night, you can catch them on to give you some updates in terms of those that are putting this together. I just told you a little bit earlier, Brian and AD, Sports Wrap, they're getting another piece of how they get into that mid-major level, and they're going to give you some insights, uh, more information about this ball game. But keep your eyes on what's going on there. With that, let's get into the major division matchups. Set it up. MEAC game of the week is a non-conference game. North Carolina is on the road. Number two uh, in Docterville's inside HBCU. Lab, as you talk about that, Lewis Creek, North Carolina, MEAC against Big South Conference. October 1st, 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. This is an interesting matchup. North Carolina Eagles 4-0 on the season, top 25 team at Campbell. Campbell's 1-2. This is a team that plays, obviously, North Carolina A&T in the Big South as their conference mates. They go down to the SWAC and play Jackson State, top 25 team. Uh, so it's going to be fascinating in a lot of ways. We already know what North Carolina did in terms of the Colonial when they went up to New Hampshire at the time. That was a top 25 team, ranked number 25, and they get it done. Can they get it done again? Let me go to you, A.D. Drew. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup here? I know the the Eagles would not admit this, but they know that Campbell is already on Jackson State's schedule to play in, what's that, two weeks, Charles, I believe you guys play uh, Campbell? Homecoming, yeah, in three weeks. Three Mm -hmm. weeks, okay, in three weeks. 
North Carolina Central will come out and try to send a message to y'all in Mississippi by putting up as many points as they can against Campbell because right now a lot of people have the Eagles as the favorite to win the BAC. They want to send a message to y'all in Mississippi to think about think about them. Don't sleep on them. We're going to show y'all what we can do. Let's see what y'all can do against the Campbell Eagles. Not only do I expect Central to win this game, I expect them to win this big. I expect Central to put up a 50-burger on Campbell. Wow, interesting. Charles, 50-burger, wow. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, A.D. Drew laid it down on the table, boy. A 50-burger on the road. Okay, all right. Uh, I but you know what? I, I will agree with you, AD. I do think Central does go on the road and gets this win. Uh, huge win, uh, coming off of a, a nice 59 burger over Virginia Lynchburg. I think the offense is really clicking on all cylinders. And we've seen North Carolina Central once this season take a road trip and bring the show on the road. I like to see. A, a team that's solid like that. Their game travels, defense travels. I expect for North Carolina Central to get this W. Man, big time matchup. I like what you said there. I'm fascinated about this, and I can't watch, wait to watch it. Uh, I believe in a lot North Carolina Central, uh, and I think maybe not 50, but I do see them making a statement and getting out of there with the win. Major division matchup, SWAT game of the week. We're going to go a little off the beaten path. Because one of these teams, in a lot of ways, is probably going to be out of it. This will take you to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, A.W. Mumford, Western Division matchup, Saturday, October 1st, 5 o'clock p.m., ESPN 3, Arkansas Pine Bluff, 2-2 two two on the season, 0-1 at Southern, which is 1-2, 0-1 on the season as well. Um, both of these teams have lost not only a conference game, but a division conference game, Southern to Texas Southern in the Arlington Classic. And last week, Arkansas Pine Bluff lost on the road uh, to the Braves. Alcorn uh, got it done against the Golden Lions, but Golden Lions are not getting in favor in terms of starting off the conference race with two straight road games, but they got a chance to make a statement here. Last time they went in Baton Rouge, it was during the spring season, and they got the victory. Obviously, a lot of change has, has changed, if you would. A lot has changed in Baton Rouge since then for Southern. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pamela, Perry, senior quarterback, I'm interested in this matchup in terms of who will find a way to kind of maybe write their season and put it on a different path. What are your thoughts, Charles, in terms of this matchup? Huge matchup. I mean, your backs are up against the wall, like you said, Dr. Bill. Uh, a loss here, and you, you, you might as well be waiting on uh, basketball season. So, um, <laughs> Scott, Scott, Scott Perry is the most seasoned quarterback in this league. Uh, and I said last week, these are the type of games that he has to show up in. He has to carry this UAPB uh, football team to get W's, especially on the road. But the question for me is, which Brashawn McCray shows up for Southern? Uh, you have to be consistent. You have to take care of the football. What I saw last week was I had some UAPB uh, defenders making some business decisions whether they were going to tackle Jarvie and Howard. Uh, and, and Southern has somebody who can, who can tote the rock in Jared Sims. I expect no less than 25 carries from Jared Sims. I expect Southern to get the W at the, at the uh, home. Southern to get the victory at home. 
Drew, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Fellas, not only is this an elimination game in the West, this is a respect game in the West. Because of the three combined victories between these two teams, none of them have been against an FCS opponent. Mm. Arkansas Pie Bluff has beat a Division II and an NAIA program. Southern has beat an NAIA program. So we got three victories, but these are paper victories as far as I'm concerned. These two teams are 0-2. As far as I'm concerned, looking at looking at this matchup. So the question is, can Arkansas Pine Bluff go into Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and make better business decisions, Charles? I like how you put that. Make better <laughs> business decisions against against Southern. Now, here's the thing, though, Charles. Southern don't like to run the ball like Jackson State likes to run the ball. Eric Dooley is going to try to throw the ball all over the place. If Eric Dooley tries to do what he did against Texas Southern <laughs> and, and, and against Arkansas Pie Bluff, I can see Arkansas Pie Bluff sneaking out of Baton Rouge with the victory. And so he's got to make sure he not not necessarily play to his strengths, but you got to play to the weaknesses of the other team sometimes. I oh, saw man. I saw a running back go for almost three bills last week against this UAPB defense. If Coach Dooley is not putting that uh, rock in Jared Sims' hands, that, that you know, Southern fan has well, a, a, well, the right to be a little upset. What was the scout report against Texas Southern? What were you supposed to do? And did he do it? Has he, has he learned his lesson? We will find out Saturday at 5 o'clock uh, Central Time. Info. He learned to listen to the scout report. That's a great point when you talk about it like that. The other thing is, is they might have a running back, but do they have the offensive line? Many people think they can push themselves around. Obviously, they, it needs to be seen whether they can do it or not. But I think it's one thing to look at an opponent, the thing that you can run on them because they previously got run on. Obviously, Pine Bluff is going to go back to the lab themselves and try to shore up the run. Uh, do you have the same offensive line and running back is all for uh, to mm-hmm. get that done. So I'm always fascinated when we talk about the roadmap has been shown. We also need to make sure that they understand that do you have the talent and scheme to do it is a different thing. I do agree with you, though. You need to try. <laughs> uh, with that being said, we got a little time here before we shut it down. Uh, we don't have to go in details, but I just want your general thoughts on this. It's a different type of matchup. Howard travels to Yale, obviously. Uh, Howard, you know, many people try to talk about the Ivy League in terms of them, Black Ivy. I can't stand their framework. I'd rather call them the uh, University of Timbuktu, one of the oldest universities in terms of Africa that has started what it means to be higher education. I didn't see it more like that in terms of the matchup here if you're going to go from that framework. Just, just a little tidbit to share that with you. But I do think it is fair to look at this matchup. Very unique in terms of what it takes place. A lot of people have been talking about a second bowl game that would feature maybe uh, a team out of the SWAC matching up with the Ivy League because they don't play in postseason. So this is a chance to kind of see it on the field during the season. So interesting matchup later in the year, Harvard travels to Howard. So fascinating in terms of what this may look like between uh, two very esteemed institutions. What are your general thoughts on this type of game? Do you like the idea of it being played, Charles? I don't have any problems with it uh, being played. Uh, I, I think for, from a fan standpoint, a lot of us like to see uh, these out-of-conference games where we 
uh, quote unquote, take on teams, you know, in this uh, different sphere of uh, of FCS. Some some type of way it does something for our pride to play those. Teams. I don't know. So you when you listen to some fans in that regards, but uh, one of the things that I am taking note of with regards to this game. Uh, a lot of people talk about Shador Sanders uh, being in the top five in the nation. Quentin Williams is right behind him uh, at Howard. He's in the top ten in terms of passing uh, in the nation. So we'll see if Howard in this passing game can get on track versus Yale. Oh, good point. Aiden Drew, what are your general thoughts in terms of this matchup? You like the idea of these games being played? Obviously, Howard going on the road to Yale. Later in the season, Harvard coming in to Howard. Yeah, I, I like it. What I find intriguing about it is everybody has to remember, Ivy League does not give out athletic scholarships. So, you know, I find it interesting the fact that, yeah, they got all this money, they got all this endowment. They've got these athletes here, but these are not just, hey, I can run the ball, I can kick the ball, I can shoot the ball or whatever. These athletes at, at the Yales and the Harvards bring a lot more to the table because you have to have grades at this school. I like that these two – I like to use academic elite institutions, Dr. Kavir. Yeah, That's yeah. what I like to use when I, I, when like I, when I compare I, these uh, institutions. So I, it's really good to see an academic elite institution with scholarships – going against an academic elite institution without scholarship. And what, one other thing about the Harvard game coming to – remember, they're traveling to D.C. They're not traveling to uh, to campus. That that game is being played, I believe, downtown in the, in the soccer stadium. game would yeah. not be played on campus. So they, they, they don't get a full taste of the HBCU culture because the game has been moved to an uh, off-site in D.C. Well, well said. Good points in all facets of that when you talk about that. And while Ivy League does not give athletic scholarships, they do need to give academics. Yeah, and base and everything. If else. you meet that minimum academic standard uh, yeah. that they set in, to get in the institution, so it's not that they don't have the money. So they are getting financial money. It's just done in a different way in terms of scholarships. So great point when you break that down, and I do fascinate. Going back to the SWAC quickly, uh, we talked about on Tuesday in regards to the um, classic game of the week, Prairie Grambling. But out of these matchups, Bethune-Cookman at Alabama A&M, Mississippi Valley at FAMU, Alabama State at Texas Southern, we talked about Pine Bluff at Southern. So leaving that out, we talked about Prairie View at Grambling. Of the other four games, don't have to be long with this. Which one excites you more out of those four matchups? Which one do you want to have kind of have one eye on, Drew? Which one of those matchups have your interest? The rambling cheers at Prairie View. You know, they don't have a G anywhere, so try to see if they can earn a G back. You know, if you take the G out of both Grambling and Tiger, you get the rambling tears. So want to see if they earn the G back. <laughs> That's tough. I've seen that out there a little bit. Going to you, Charles, out of those four matchups, which one kind of has you saying, mm, I'm interested to see what happens here? Uh, Alabama State uh, and Texas Southern. I think the the storylines, uh, Demetrius Davis coming back to Houston, uh, Eddie Robinson coming back to get an opportunity to sleep in his own bed here in Houston, uh, you know, bringing this team. And they've already lost to a Swag West opponent. So it'll be very interesting to see what Texas Southern could get done against the number two ranked defense in the Swag. I do it. He see him sneak in that East-West matchup. He likes to do that because he told everybody, 
last year about the Eastern Division. He was right on the money. So he's sneaking in there again. Good job, Charles. Thank you for listening to Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Kavilda-Dean of HBCU Sports coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment. We have none other than the clinical professor, A.D. Drew. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Mills inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday. Check us out on Sunday. We'll be up at it early, 9 o'clock a.m. So stand in time before you head to church, those that go. Uh, make sure you get your morning uh, breakdown updating what took place on Saturday. You can get it right here with us inside the HBC Sports Lab to discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Kavil, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Make sure you check out the pregame show because they're going to give you an early season report of what took place over the first couple of games of the season. Obviously, you got 1876 Sports and Culture at Prairie View as they'll drop another show on Tuesday. You got on Sunday night, none other than the Sports Wrap with Brian and AD. Uh, they're going to continue. Make sure you download uh, my JVN, my BCSN, as we're giving you sports galore with shows that wrap up and actually action when you talk about all those sports out of the SIAC uh, in terms of some key matchups. So tune in. Make sure you uh, – Liking, subscribing to my VCSN. If you have not already, jump, download the app to make sure you get it done in so many different ways. With that being said, check out the ONG Strike Zone as they will have an update. Obviously, they had to take a pause because of what's going on in Florida, but they plan to try to have something either on Friday or Saturday. So tune in, make sure you like, and they'll give you an update there. Obviously, Saturday, get you ready for that matchup that these guys just broke down. You got Carlos. Brown is going to tell you all things about the swag, but certainly going to go inside the numbers with Southern. Make sure you continue to see what he's going on with Carlos Brown. A lot of the lineups, we continue to add a lot of stuff. On Sunday, we'll have B.J. Jones in in terms of giving you that perspective of a football guru uh, for the swag. And then, obviously, we added on none other than uh, special guest Joshua Sims Jr. Going to make sure you give you some insights on the MEAC. So stick with us as we continue to add some perspective. I think I might have something sneaking in for you next week with about Tennessee State. I might even add a and perspective on there. So we'll go out to the independent framework to give you some stuff in regards to those guys. You know how we're going to do it. We're going to keep it live and funky right here in the lab as we're going to mix it up, cook it up in the lab. We thank you for checking us out. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. That's Facebook and YouTube inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles. Of course. A.D. Drew. Lecture. Dismissed. Well, holla.